from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. National news for week commencing February 4, 2018. In our 23rd year of non-stop news, WIA director comment from Vice President David, VK4MZ. ACMA spectrum planning taken seriously. German decisions, a welcome to Kosovo, and calling all leprechauns. The Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge winner announced. Wyong Field Day just around the corner. NASA zombie satellite hunting. Satellite budgie smugglers, including YLs on AO92. RAOTC on the war between Edison and Tesla. And strange voices on the airwaves in Northwest VK7. These stories and more in this edition of News from the Wireless Institute of Australia 2018 and for week of February 4th. And now, across to David Ford, VK4MZ, for the WIA board comment. G'day from David Ford, VK4, Mike Zulu. The WIA is an organisation of members, for members and the amateur radio community at large. Within that community is a smaller group which is the collection of WIA volunteers, both past and present. Volunteering with the WIA is a rewarding experience, but for some, that has not always been the case. Over the years, there has been a significant diversity of WIA volunteers. Those volunteers have given a part of themselves in working to grow the hobby, in making the best use of the organisation's resources and helping the organisation to achieve much with little. This has not always been smooth. The WIA has had volunteer directors, treasurers, committee members, event managers, publications, news producers, assessors, learning facilitators, technical advisors, competition managers, managers of systems and marketing, spectrum advisors, and countless other positions. Volunteers that have helped build and support the processes, people, and systems that make up the WIA, and ultimately, Volunteers that have made the breadth of services that the WIA offers and amateur radio as we know it today in Australia possible. Many volunteers have gone well beyond the call of a typical volunteering position and have dedicated a significant part of their lives to amateur radio. They have dedicated a significant amount of time to an organisation that is the avenue for contributing to the hobby and that is the WIA. Like in sports, the WIA and its volunteers operate as a team, a team where cohesion and working together is the defining factor in its success. Success is defined by steering away from adversity and driving towards an outcome. That cohesion and mutual respect is paramount. The WIA is working hard to build a culture that respects diversity of opinion and perspective. That diversity aids the organisation navigate an environment that is increasingly competing for people's time, an environment where messages are harder to communicate under a deluge of information. Without a doubt, there are times in the organisation's history where volunteering has been challenging. Sometimes, the pressure put on volunteers has been unreasonable, and there are times when conflict and unreasonable interactions has led to irreconcilable differences. It is with disappointment that the WIA, an organisation of people working together, look back on these interactions. They highlight a lack of mutual respect for volunteers 
and trust. That is a past that the organisation is putting behind it. The WIA is moving into a bright new future where volunteers, members and staff work together to achieve greatness. That is our primary aim when recruiting new volunteers and this culture is both sponsored and steered by the board. Today, I take a moment to thank all of the organisation's volunteers, past, present and future, for the contribution that you have made and all that you have done to support what we all hold dear, Amateur Radio. When asked why I volunteer for the WIA, it is because I have a moral want to make things good, to ensure there is a future where an impressionable youngster can receive the recognition of their peers that they would never get without the hobby, the life-changing outcomes that that recognition can bring where they find the confidence and respect in a hobby that celebrates their skills and intelligence, a future where the hobby also continues to connect people around the world and around the block to discuss ideas in a positively respectful and embracing manner, where the theme is support to achieve something greater than oneself. The WIA is the mechanism that helps me contribute, and the doors are also open for you to contribute. I volunteer because I have a moral compulsion to do what's right, as have many others who either currently work with or work near the WIA. The WIA is now about inclusion. As a team, the organisation needs to work together and within a structure that supports cohesion to celebrate a diversity of perspectives, experiences, and to allow people to speak out when they notice something is wrong. Whistleblowers are a valuable asset to an organisation. They help instigate change when it's needed, and recently the Australian Securities and Investments Commission has outlined the value of open and honest cultures within an organisation. I'll write more on the topic in our amateur radio magazine soon. To reinforce and support a new culture in the WIA, the WIA is currently conducting a trial of organisational theory called Holacracy under Aidan Munford's supervision. Overall, the organisation structure is taking a different shape and setting a pace for sustainability and fairness to its volunteers. Considering this, the following committees are no longer operational and being replaced with new functions. The Administrative and Financial Committee, Community Services Committee, AR Advertising Sales Subcommittee, the Overarching Radio Activities Committee, instead, all subcommittees are operating as standalone committees, the New Initiatives Committee, the IT Services Committee is also blending with other operational aspects of the WIA until a new committee is reformed. Currently, the Finance Working Group is preparing to hand over the 2017 accounts to the auditors. Through 2018, the Finance Working Group will transition to a standing committee called the Finance Committee, and in preparation for this transition, the Board recently approved the Finance Committee's initial terms of reference. The terms of reference define how the committee will operate and what is within their scope. To assist the daily operations of the organisation and work with the office, the Board also approved terms of reference for an executive advisory panel. The Board additionally approved two different positions of a Board Secretary and a WIA Secretary. This is a departure from having just a single Secretary. We are also about to introduce a new team of project managers to work with the WIA on special projects across the organisation. This sounds like a lot of committees, panels and working groups to coordinate, but the reality is, that's the truth of it, these structural changes pave the way for the WIA to not overly impose on individual volunteers to perform Herculean efforts as they have been asked to do in the past. 
but rather to engage volunteers in a way that is fun, exciting and rewarding. These steps also continue to move the board away from rowing and into a position where it is governing and steering in accordance with good governance practices. We know that these new volunteer positions may stay open for some time, but the positions give the additional structure that is needed to support contributions and moving forward together towards a goal. This month, the board received a report from the AGM Organising Committee, including a draft program of events. There has been some strong interest from vendors to demonstrate the exciting new radios available this year, and it's shaping up to be a very exciting weekend. The board received reports from Dale Hughes on the IARU ITU World Radio Conference preparation. There was a report from the Web Redevelopment Project on the progress of forming the team. The History and Archives Committee submitted their report and their exciting plans to digitise and make records available online. The board considered and discussed finance, membership, marketing and education. All in all, there were over 30 items on the agenda this month, further contributing to the need for a fortnightly meeting cadence. Assessment numbers have increased in 2017. However, assessment numbers have fallen from 1,200 in 2016 to 1,037 in 2017. The online trial examinations have been trialled by more than 350 people and the trial is continuing with close assessor supervision. The WIA is also considering running the Trans-Tasman and VK Shires contests, which is a great opportunity, and thanks to Trent Sampson, VK4TS, for running the events over the years. The board settled on some preliminary amendments to the Constitution that will be put to members at the AGM. These amendments will shortly be released for member comments. So, it's certainly been a busy January, which shows no signs of slowing down. Come join us. There are lots of opportunities to help your WIA. Have a great day. This has been David Ford, VK4, Mike Zulu. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet, streaming and text at wia.org.au. ACMA five-year outlook, spectrum planning. The Wireless Institute of Australia Board and its Spectrum Strategy Committee recently held a workshop to review the submission to the five-year Spectrum Outlook. This ACMA planning tool is taken seriously by the WIA in identifying the Spectrum-related matters for the amateur service and amateur satellite service that are expected to require ACMA resource allocation over the next five years. It draws on the IARU decisions and domestic matters concerning the Spectrum. WIA President Justin Giles Clark, VK7TW, says the workshop went through the submission item by item, but concluded with minimal change from the draft from the SSC. The WIA submission has now been sent to the ACMA. Justin, VK7TW, says the WIA is also about to submit a comprehensive evidence-based submission to the ACMA, recommending changes to the licence conditions, the LCD. The WIA suggestions will soon appear on the WIA website and we expect the ACMA will release a public discussion paper on the proposed changes later this year. We welcome Kerry Taylor, VK2FKND, to the broadcast team this week. Kerry bravely stepped forward and answered the call for broadcast editors and has done a great job on the international news this week. On you, Kerry. A reminder that we're still looking for editors to lighten the load and provide greater coverage and flexibility in the broadcast team. 
The more editors means it lightens the load for everyone and allows everyone some time to play radio. I mean, isn't that what this hobby's all about? And now down to Hobart for the international news with Brett, VK7FTAS. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate AR Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, WIA Local News Service, VK7, VK3PC and the worldwide sources of the WIA. German telecommunications regulator Benetzer has extended the use of the 6 metre band by amateur radio enthusiasts. In Germany, some amateur bands are made available for specified periods of time, and the regulator decides whether the authorisation is extended or not. Benetzer has also authorised novice licensees to use the 13 and 6 centimetre bands at a maximum of 5 watts PEP until the end of 2018. Other changes include an increase to 100 watts PEP on the 160 metre band between 1850 and 1890 kilohertz. And contests are now allowed on weekends, but only on the frequency range of 1890 to 2000 kilohertz. Welcome the Republic of Kosovo to the radio map. The ARRL has approved a motion to amend the DXCC rules allowing the Republic of Kosovo, prefix Z6, to become the 340th DXCC location. Kosovo was formerly part of Yugoslavia and was admitted to the International Amateur Radio Union in 2015. Prior to the rule change approved by the ARRL board, Kosovo did not qualify as a DXCC entity. Time to find your inner leprechaun and join in the St. Patrick's Day Awards celebrations from 12 noon 16th of March to 12 noon 18th of March. Organisers of the event encourage both mobile and fixed stations to register for this non-competitive fun activity. All the details are available from their website found on the email edition of this broadcast. Now congratulations VK5GR, Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge. Results of the Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge have now been released. Congratulations to VK5GR for winning both the most wanted and top five categories. Full results can be found on the club's contest website. To get involved in the current period of the Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge, simply log at least one QSO with any DX station, or even a VK, between January and March, then head over to the website during the entry submission period in April and send in your entry. And that comes from Peter, VK2PR, on behalf of uh, the Fisher's Ghost Amateur Radio Club. And for the DXs out there, the ARRL International CWDX Contest will be held on the 17th and 18th of February. W0DLE will be competing, and you can listen to him operating in Saigon between February and April. For more details on Charles and other DXs operating from various exotic locations, information is available from the transcript of this broadcast on the WIA website. I'm Brett, VK7FTAS from Hobart for the WIA National News. It's not only the biggest meeting of amateurs, it also has the biggest car boot sale for amateur radio enthusiasts in Australia. The Wyong Field Day on February 25th. Come along with your boat or trailer full of trash. Sell it off and make a bit of cash. Fill back up with treasures anew and tell your partner you only sold a few. 
Is this the perfect crime? No cost for your spot, just pay your normal entry fee and have a great day. With the number of amateur radio retailers reducing over the years, the CCARC has been branching out to see what retailers in other fields have that may be of interest to amateurs. Suppliers to the marine industry, to CB or HF radio operators, as well as general electronics dealers often have items that are just as useful in our hobby. To this end, the CCARC have invited a new retailer to the field day who manufactures and sells CB, UHF and marine antennas and accessories. Based in the Hunter region of New South Wales, they have 50 years of radio communications experience and given a good response at the field day, have said they would be happy to supply to the amateur market as well. I can't give the company name on the WIA broadcast, but you can find out all about this and all other vendors and all field day details by going to fieldday.org.au. To keep up to date on what is happening at the field day, be sure to bring your 2 metre handheld along and listen to the announcements throughout the day. All announcements will be broadcast on 147.125 as in previous years. This service is given to us by Wyson Central Coast and their RCO Glen. For the Central Coast ARC, this has been Ed, DD5LP. Thanks Ed. Media Watch. Antenna Palooza 2018 announced. In a first for amateur radio in Australia... Four Victorian radio clubs are joining forces to host the major field event. EMDRC, GGREC, MDRC and FAMPARC have joined forces with the theme What It Takes to Get Started in the Hobby. Antenna Palooza, now in its fifth year, will return to Druin West, April 7 and 8, the first weekend after Easter. The location is set on a six-acre field, 50 kilometres due east of Dandenong. The event is open to members of the sponsoring clubs and friends who accompany the member. Bookings are now being taken and is free. Yes, you heard right, free. Costs are being covered by the four sponsoring clubs. There is a formal lecture series being run and details can be found on the website. Trans-Tasman 60m 5MHz band access trial. NZAT is pleased to announce it has negotiated with RSM and the New Zealand Defence Force to obtain a licence to allow limited operation by ZL amateur operators on 60 metres on a trial basis. The purpose of the trial is for RSM, NZAT and primary users to investigate the ability for the amateur operators to operate on frequencies of operation on a secondary basis without causing interference to primary users. As the licence is held by NZAT and does not currently include 60 metres, those wishing to operate in the band NZL will need to apply to the NZAT for permission. Operation centers on 5353 kHz and 5362 to 5364 kHz with a maximum amplitude of 10 dBW EIRP. Horus 46, International Space University, 28 January 2018. The VK5 based Amateur Radio Experimenters Group teamed up again this year with the International Space University Southern Hemisphere Space Studies Program to simulate a space mission using helium fueled or high altitude balloons. The Southern Hemisphere Space Studies Program is an intensive five-week live-in experience built around an international, intercultural and interdisciplinary three-eyes educational philosophy for which the International Space University is renowned. The program provides a multidisciplinary understanding of the key activities and areas of knowledge required by today's space professions. The hot weather was decided to have disposable payloads as the landing zone was in severe bushfire rating zone. The launch was from front lawns of the Serafino winery. The telemetry collection was vitally important as it would be the only way to get pictures back from the balloon. 
there was an automated tracking rig that generated a lot of interest and there was over 179 megabytes of data downloaded during the flight by five telemetry ground stations. The flight duration was 2 hours and 19 minutes and their maximum altitude was 21.2 kilometres. Recovery was attempted, however given the balloon went 4 kilometres higher than predicted it ended up in the Lake Alexandrina. There is great report along with pictures available at the link on the email edition of this broadcast. Thanks to Grant Willis, VK5GR and AREG for the information. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet, streaming and text at wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Final Frontier. NASA's Zombie Satellite Hunter. Media outlets are reporting that an amateur radio astronomer named Scott Tilley has found what has been described as an undead NASA satellite, whilst he was looking for the presence of secret military satellites. Tilley found the radio signals matched the orbit of a NASA satellite called IMAGE, which, thankfully, is an abbreviation of Imager for Magnetopause to Aurora Global Exploration. IMAGE was launched back in 2000 with a mission of studying Earth's magnetosphere. The ARS Technica article says that over five years of operation, it created a three-dimensional map of the charged particles that move along Earth's magnetic field lines. But contact was lost in 2005, and NASA eventually attributed that to a one-time event in the power system that the satellite wasn't designed to recover from. NASA noted that the satellite would reset when it went into eclipse, which is behind the Earth with no sun, and tried to contact the satellite without success. Tilly found that the satellite was still transmitting data, just that no one on Earth was listening. Until now. Tilly is working with Rice and NASA on confirming if it actually is image and decoding the data that is flowing from the satellite. Some more interesting snippets from space. Whilst the Trump US government shutdown was happening, Canadian astronaut Commander Chris Hadfield tweeted that during the Obama US government shutdown whilst he was on the ISS, the Canadian Prime Minister tried to call the ISS. However, there was no one to take his call at NASA HQ. He then comments that he did talk to several nice people on the ham radio, though. Australia Day saw the announcement that AO92 has been commissioned and was open for amateur use. The announcement was made by AMSAT Vice President Engineering, Jerry Buxton, N0JY. Initially, the UV-FM transponder will be open continuously for a period of one week. After the first week, operations will be scheduled between the UV-FM transponder, L-band downshifter, Virginia Tech camera and the University of Iowa's high-energy radiation CubeSat instrument known as Herky. AMSAT's Bruce Page, KK5DO, the Director of Contests and Awards, announced the Rover Award and already number 7 has been issued for 2018. The award is granted to stations who achieve a combined 25 points using any combination of the defined criteria posted on the AMSAT website. German Orbitable Systems and iSky Technology have announced a revival of the D-Star 1 satellite project to replace their satellite lost as a result of a failed launch of the Roscosmos Meteor M number 21 meteorological mission on November 28, 2017. The satellite will be launched on February 1 from the Vostokny launch site. For more details, take a look at the link on the email edition of this broadcast. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Females in Radio. 
Well, we're not sure if this one belongs in satellite news or YL Alara news. Jeff Johns, WE4B, tweeted about the satellite contact via AO91. His daughter, Marissa, W4AQT, completed with Alyssa and her dad, Charlie, as a FIFA, TI2CDA. Jeff said Alyssa had seen Marissa's QRZ page, and it turns out they are both Harry Potter, Pete the Cat and Minecraft fans, and she wanted to get Marissa's QSL card. Jeff said both he and Charlie looked for favourable passes and decided on the 1816 Zulu pass of AO91 on January 20 this year would be their first attempt to have the girls make contact. Marissa and Dad Jeff went outside with radios and arrow antenna and waited for AO91 to crest the horizon. As soon as they could hear the bird, W4AQT started calling TI2CDA and after a few calls... There was Alyssa with Charlie serving as the control op. The girls had a very sweet, quick QSO. I'm Cole, VK3LED, for WIA National News. Hello everyone, we're back. This is Clive, VK6CSW, reminding you that the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's first bulletin for this year goes to air tomorrow. As well as the latest club news, this month we feature a talk on that remarkable polymath, Alexander von Humboldt, an item on the war between Edison and Tesla, plus other snippets. Everyone is most welcome to tune in and to join in the callbacks afterwards. The broadcast originates in Melbourne at 10am local time on the VK3 REC 2 metre repeater with simultaneous relays on 7146 kHz and 1843 kHz. Please note the new 40 metre frequency 7146 kHz. At 0100 UTC for Eastern States listeners, Hans VK5YX will transmit the program on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz. At 0200 UTC for West Australian listeners, the program is transmitted simultaneously on 7088 kHz and via the linked repeater network. At night, the broadcast is repeated at 20.30 hours Melbourne time on 80 metres on 3650 kHz in Tasmania at 19.30 on the VK7RAA and VK7RTC networks plus a TV presentation by Tony VK7AX at 20.30 hours Tasmanian time. Full details can be found on the club website at www.raotc.org.au including how to download the audio file if you cannot listen via radio. Tune in tomorrow for the February RAOTC Bulletin. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the Ham's Domain. Claiming to be better than the ACMA, Redcom Lookup. There is a new Australian radio licence lookup tool, Open Spectrum, MapRad.io. MapRad.io leverages the latest web technologies to provide a unified, centralised view of radio communications registered data that is free to use. A key feature is a powerful filtering and categorisation system based on the modern faceted search concepts adopted by many large web-based search applications coupled with up-to-date registered data. MapRad.io intuitively correlates register site information to license information 
and related technical data such as device specifications and operating parameters. Other features including exporting to Excel and Google Earth and integrable services for an organization's software. No need to go to the email edition for this web address. Just type maprad.io. That's M-A-P-R-A-D dot I-O. And the final final, the things we do to stay on air. This week's slightly weird and definitely wonderful comes from Jim VK7JH on the northwest coast of VK7. Six weeks ago, Jim VK7JH had throat surgery and a side effect was loss of voice. The best he can manage is a whisper and even that's unreliable. So what to do? He already had software and an interface to play the weekly news broadcasts and a quick check on the Pure Basic forum gave a method of controlling the Microsoft text-to-speech engine. It didn't take long before the two systems were joined together and text-to-radio was born. If you're on the Northwest Repeaters and you hear a strange voice, we haven't been invaded by aliens, it's VK7JH's new and hopefully temporary voice at work. The main handicap is Jim's typing speed. Expect long delays between overs. It's also common for the Microsoft system to revert to spelling words. Even words it said correctly a minute ago will get the spelling treatment next time. Microsoft also has a strange idea of what an Australian voice sounds like. Definitely private school. Thanks to Jim VK7JH for that item. I'm John VK4JJW for the WIA National News Service. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.